theyeshiva.net. I want to give a special mazel tov to the David Kaplan. His son is also gracing us here this morning in honor of his 76th birthday today. <laughs> in good health, happiness, nachas, prosperity, and all the brachas. Thank you very much. David is the Sar HaChesed of Mansi, the pillar of kindness of Mansi Emes. Yeah. Mazel Tov, happy birthday. Also want to give Reb Mordechai Litzman a Mazel Tov in the birth of a granddaughter and Reb Avram Steigart for the Pidyan Ben of his grandson yesterday. Mazel Tov. Amen, Amen. Okay, so today we begin... Be'ezer Hashem, a new Maimer. And it's actually, it's a, it's a, it's a very uh, fundamental and foundational Maimer in the world of, in the world of Hasidus and in the world of Chabad Hasidus. This discourse that we're going to learn, this Maimer that we're going to learn is considered one of the foundational, one of the very Yisaitisdik, foundational Maimarim of Teres Hasidus and Teres Hasidus Chabad. And it was said by the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab. We learned his Maimah via Daita once, via Daita Moskva, and we learned Hechaltsu not long ago. And this is known as the Maimah Ner Chanukah Tofresh Mem Gimel. So Maimah that was said on Chanukah, Tofresh Mem Gimel, which would be 5,643. Or in English, it would be 1882. So this year is actually exactly 140 years since the Maimah was said, Tofresh Mem Gimel, the Tofshin Pei Gimel, right? Nun Gimel, Samach Gimel, yeah. 140 years exactly, 140th anniversary since the Maimah was said. It's a, uh, it's a very, uh, it's, it's a long and very well explained and articulated Maimah, bringing out some of the fundamental points of the Balshemtiv, that the Balshemtiv taught, and the Balatanya taught, and their students, all the Talmidia Balshemtiv. So this Maimah brings it out with tremendous harchava, with tremendous expansiveness. The, Rasha, the Rebbe Rashab had a chassid, his name was the Rashbats. And he, he was still by the Tzemach Tzedek, and he wants, he wants to find the Rebbe Rashab as the Rambam from Teres Achsidus. The Rambam of Chassidus. What's Pshat? The Rambam was the, the person who organized the Shas. Today, you know, we have, uh, the Gemara is very organized because you have so many Svarim that compiled things. When the Rambam came along, there was no Sefer that organized the Gemara in terms of halacha. And the Rambam came and he created a system of how you think and how you look at halacha. Every mitzvah, and he organized it. And everything had its place and its sugya and its dinim and its hagdaris, both in terms of the technical and the lambdas. So uh, he defined the Rebbe Rashab as the Rambam from Chassidus. You see it very much in this Maim and many of his Maimadim. Okay, so let's begin. You see the date, Sayata Deshmaya, Shabbos Chanukah, Reish Mem Gimel. Reish Mem Gimel is Tof Reish Mem Gimel, which is again 1880, the end of 1882, and uh, and uh, 5643 in the Hebrew, in the English, in the Hebrew calendar. 140 years ago. Toner As all the Maimonim, they begin usually with a Pasuk or with a Maimachazal. 
Toner Rabbanon, this is a quote from Masechus Shabbos, Pedig Bamem Adlikin, the Sugi of Chanukah, is in Masechus Shabbos, the second Pedig, Bamem Adlikin, Dav Chafalov, Shabbos Dav Chafalov, so the Gemara says as follows, Toner Rabbanon, the rabbis taught, Ner Chanukah, Mitzvah, Lanicha, Al Pesach, Beisim, Mibachutz. The mitzvah of the candle of Hanukkah is to place it at the door of your home, but outside the door of your home, not inside. The original mitzvah, the way Chazal instituted the mitzvah of Hanukkah, which was, of course, during the time of Bayasheni, was to place the Hanukkah candles, al Pesach Beisitaka, near the door of your house, not just tam outside, but mibachot outside of the door. Shabbos davchafalav amidbeis. What does the word mibachutz mean? You would think it's simple, outside. You go to the door and you put it outside of the door, right? This is a Pidush HaToysviz. So Toysviz in Gemara explains, Umayri, this is a quote from Toysviz, Umayri, the Gemara is talking about, Shabayis oimid The house goes out to the public domain. In Halacha, there's Arba Rishuyas, there's four different domains halachically. One is Rishus HaYachid, the private domain, the opposite is Rishus Arab. Then you have in the middle a Karmelis and a Makkab Tur. But here it's Negei Rishus Arab. Rishus Arab generally means the place where the public walks, the public goes. It's a place for the public, a public thoroughfare. So if the house goes out to Rishus Arab, yeah, you have a house that goes out to uh, Fifth Avenue, so then you put the you put the Menera outside of the house in the Rishus Arab. But what happens if many homes in Talmudic times, you have it today also in Eretz Yisrael, would open up to a chatzar. They wouldn't open up to the main street, to the main thoroughfare. They would open up to a chatzar, to a courtyard. So you had many houses, they would shear a courtyard, just like when houses shear. You have it a lot in Yerushalayim, other places in Eretz Yisrael. You know, the kids play the chatzar. And then from the Chatzah, there's a door that goes out to the Rishus Arab. Sometimes it was a door that went out to a Mavoy, to an alleyway, and that went out to the Rishus Arab. So Toysavis says, what happens if your house doesn't open up to the public domain? So if you put the Menorah by the door of your house, even outside, who's going to see it? Only those who walk in the courtyard. So Toysavis, then Yanichen al Pesach Then you don't put the Menorah at the door of your house. You put the Menorah at the door the entrance to your courtyard, which goes out to the Rishus Arabim. You put it outside of your courtyard. The point is that people in the Rishus Arabim walking back and forth should be able to see your Menorah. So when it says, Al-Pesach Beisei, Toysfus says that's only if your house happens to open up to Rishus Arabim. But if your house opens up to a courtyard, you don't put it outside your house. You put it outside the entrance to your courtyard, to your chatzah, which goes to the Rishus That's what Toysfus says. V'rashi zechreinu levracha kasaf. Rashi says something else. Rashi says, V'zelishoyne, quote, Mibachutz, why on the door of the outside of your house? So Rashi Mishum Prisuminisa. In order to publicize the miracle of Hanukkah. V'loi b'rishus harabim, says Rashi. It doesn't mean it has to be in the public domain. Ela b'chatseiroi. She'batei no yipsuchin l'chatser. When the Gemara says, Al-Pesach Beisa, it's talking about a case where your house opens to the courtyard, because normally... When the Gemara says this in the time of the Gemara, most homes opened up to a courtyard. So when it says Al Pesach Beis it means in your courtyard, outside of your house. At Kan Lashayne, Mefadish. What does Rashi say? Shein Tzarich Birshusaram Kiim Bechatsa. So this is a big machlokes in Alacha between Taisus and Rashi. Where do you have to put the Menorah? 
If that happens to be that your house goes out straight to the Shusarab, there wouldn't be a machlekas because Rashi would agree to Taisvis. But in most cases, we would open up to a courtyard. You have a big argument. Taisvis says you have to go further out. Rashi says, no, the Gemara means lechatchila in the chatzar, because that's enough persuminisa. It's enough that it's not in your own home, but it's in the public domain, not in the real public domain. A chatzar is not a Rishusarab, a chatzar is a Rishusayachet. A chatzar has walls, it's used privately. The Chazal made a takana called Eruve Chatzeris, that even in a chatzar, comes from Shleim Malach, even in a chatzar, you have to make an Eruv, you have to put bread in one house, because it looks like a Rishusarab. If you have 50 houses open to a chatzar, so Baruch Hashem on Shabbos, you have 200 children playing in the chatzar, Right, it has a feel of a public park. So, because it's doimel shusaram, the chazal made a takana. Ready, shleimamelech. They have to make an eruv chatzeres, as though everybody's living in one house. Because people shouldn't make a mistake. Children growing up, if you could carry here, you could certainly carry uh, outside of the chatzer. What's the difference? Another hundred people. But really, a chatzer is a halachically, because it's a private place. Not everybody has access to it. You have to have permission to go into. It's my courtyard. It's like an, an apartment building, the hallway. The kids play there, right? But it's not a public, it's not a Rosh You may even need a key to get into the building. So Rashi says that's enough. The Chatzar is enough. What's the halacha? The Beis Yosef. Beis Yosef, of course, is Rabbeinu Yosef Karo who later would write the Shulchan Aruch. But before he wrote the Shulchan Aruch, he wrote a commentary on the Tur. The Tur is the one who organized Halacha in the four Turim, the four sections of Rechaim Yerdeya Venezech Hashemishpat, written by Rabbeinu Yaakov Bala Turim, the son of the Rosh, Rabbeinu Asher. And the Beis Yosef wrote a commentary on the Tur, explaining all of his sources, and then he wrote his own Shulchan Aruch. So the Beis Yosef on the Tur, in Hilchas Chanukah, Simon Tofresh, and Aleph, he quotes Rashi. The Tur himself... Paskins like Taisus, but the Beis Yosef they quotes Rashi Shein Sarech Bershusarab. Ach Hatur Vishul Chanaruch Pasku Kataisus the Davke Bershusarab. But in the Torah Shachanaruch itself, the verdict was embraced like Taisus that you put the Menorah outside your house in Bershusarab, which means if there's a courtyard, you put it at the entrance of your courtyard on the side of Bershusarab. So even though the Beis Yosef quotes the view of Rashi, but Lahalacha. The Torah and the Shulchan Aruch both paskin like Taisvus. Period. The Gemara continues. Sham dav chafalaf amadalaf. Veheichan manachla. Where do you put it? <laughs> Where do you put it? Right. Nothing is taken for granted. You put it outside of your door. But the question is, which side? The door has two sides. So the Gemara says at the end, vehilchasim esmoil. You put it on the left side. Why? Kedeshitei mezuzah b'min v'nerchanakam esmoil. So when you're coming into the door from outside, the mezuzah is on the right side. Right? The mezuzah you put on the right. So the Chanukah Menorah is outside of the house, by the door, but on the left side. So the Chanukah Menorah is on the left, and the mezuzah is on the right. So the tour further in Hilchis Chanukah Simetofresh Aynalaf quotes the Aviha Ezri. The Aviha Ezri was one of the great Rishonim Known also as the Ravia, the Ravia, Rabbeinu Avro, uh, the Ravia is Rabbeinu Avram ben Yoel Halevi, right? Rabbeinu Avram ben Yoel Halevi. He lived in the times of the Rambam, in the 12th century and 13th century in Germany, and he was one of the great Ashkenazic poiskim from Germany. His Talmud was the Erzerua, Rabbi Yitzchak from Vienna. Ah, 
Aaron, Aaron ben Yoel Alevi, sorry. So he's known as the Ravi. He wrote a sefer called Aviha Ezri. Aviha Ezri, which is a sefer of halacha in the system of the Gemara, and the sectors of the Gemara. So the Torah quotes the Aviha Ezri. She'im ein mezuzah bepesach. What if there's no mezuzah on the door? Now what's pshat there's no mezuzah on the door? So the Rebbe writes in parentheses, I know pesach hapotem a mezuzah. Put a mezuzah. Probably means a door that's potter from a mezuzah. In halacha, there could be doors that are potter for tzadachiyah. This needs explanation. Ya nechena b'imin. Davi Ezri is mechadish. If there's no mezuzah, put the menoid on the right side. The only reason you put it on the left is because there's a mezuzah on the right. But if there's no mezuzah on the right, for whatever reason, let's say it's a door that's potter for mezuzah, you put the menoid on the right. These are the two halachas that he quotes in the beginning of the Maimah. What's the Havana that when the Chazal instituted Ner It's the one mitzvah that they said you have to do on the outside. And not only that, and according to Taisvis, and that's the halacha, not just outside, but in the public domain. You would think it says in the entrance of your home. So Taisvis says, no. It's not about the entrance of your home. If your entrance of your home is by the Shusaram, but it's not about the entrance of your home. For example, come by Mezuzah. By Mezuzah, it also says Beisecha. The Chsiv, Uchsaftam Al, Mezuzah is Beisecha in Krishna. You should write the Parshias on the Mezuzah on the doorpost of your home. Shashayach Lahabayas. The din of Mezuzah is connected to the house. Shahabayas Chayav be Mezuzah. It's a din in the bias. The bias is Chayav be Mezuzah. Yeah, you don't put it only inside the house. You put it on the outside, MS. That's what it says. Al mezuzah is beisach. It should be at the doorpost. You don't put the mezuzah inside. For the outside door, it has to be outside. But it's a din what? That's connected to the house. You don't say you go out to the Shusarab to put the mezuzah there. So you would think when the Gemara says, and it has to be on the other side of the mezuzah, it should be the same guy that like mezuzah. Which means the point is the door of the house. The house needs Hanukkah. Like the house needs a mezuzah. Because it's, it's, it's a mitzvah on the house. But here there's a chiddush. If the entrance of your house is not in the Shusar Rabbim, the main thing is it should be outside, in the public domain. Practically, you put it at the entrance of your courthouse, the court way, court, courtyard, not house. And even Rashi, who says you don't need it, even he emphasizes the point is that you put it outside, at least in the courtyard, which is also outside. But even according to Rashi, the word is not like mezuzah that it's at the entrance of your house. The main thing is it's outside. The question is how much outside? Turbarekas is an interesting sefer. It's an unknown sefer. It was written by a Jude Ibn Chaim Koyen. He was a student of Reb Chaim Vital, who was a student of the Ariza. And he wrote a Shulchan Aruch, Alpi Kabbalah, meaning he goes through every simon of Shulchan Aruch, like Helchis Pesach, Helchis Chanukah, Helchis Megillah, and every sif in Shulchan Aruch he explains Alpi Kabbalah. All the halachas, the way they are, Alpi Pnimi Yisatayra. So over there, he makes a big shtudim about this Indian that Chanukah has to be Dafka outdoors. Why So you might say, because right? Rashi says you want to publicize the miracle, but the pella is even persuminissa. For example, we read the Megillah. There's no mitzvah to read the Megillah in Rishus 
Presumably, in the shul. You could read the Megillah in your house, you could read the Megillah in the shul. It's also presuminous. Presuminous means to the Jewish people who celebrate Purim. Purim is also presuminous. There's no mitzvah. By Corona, they read the Megillah outdoors. <laughs> There's still a minion here uh, that davened outdoors a few times a day. Zechel <laughs> Corona. But generally, generally speaking, there's no other mitzvah. Matzah. We eat matzah on, on, on Pesach. We also publicize the miracle. There's no mitzvah to go eat matzah outside. <laughs> There's no mitzvah to eat matzah outside. Megillah is also presuminous. We do it in shul. Okay, but hagufa shayla. So do something else. For Purim, for Pesach. Why is this the only mitzvah in the world that is a mitzvah to do it dafka outdoors? There's no other mitzvah in tayag mitzvahs. Huh? Sukkah, outside, inside the sukkah. <laughs> you don't take off the walls for Pesumi Nisa. Gam Tzadach Lohav and Laba Besmel Dafka. Everything is Pesumi Nisa. Megillah is also Pesumi Nisa. Everything is Pesumi Nisa. Dalit Kaisis is Pesumi Nisa. Pesumi to drink Dalit Kaisis outside. Gam Tzadach Lohav and Laba Besmel Dafka. Also, why the left side Dafka? It has to be on the left. Furthermore, the fact that the Gemara says the mezuzah should be on the right and the Nechanaka is on the left, it sounds like they're connected. Because there's a mezuzah on the right side, now put the Hanukkah on the left side. Vaharaya, Davia Ezri says, as the Torah quotes, that if there's no mezuzah on the right, you should put the Hanukkah on the right side. What's the connection between the two? And this is on the right, and this has to be on the left. You were here before. He, he asked them in parentheses, why don't you put a mezuzah up? First of all, you can have... Chayri, you could say a person doesn't have a mezuzah. And, and if you don't have? Go to, bar, go to the safe in the town. Okay, but uh, it's the night of Hanukkah. So Yitaka says, he says, I know Pesach HaPotem and mezuzah. No? Earlier. He says, But there's, there's a dinner, there's doors that are Pateh for mezuzah. You could say the first 30 days. Let's say it's Israel. Right, if it's a makam hapater, so then it's not, there's no chi of mezuzah, yeah? Yeah? So these are the questions. For inyan who bekitzer, the nekudiz, briefly, the malchus beis yavon, ratzul ashkicham, teresechel avodam echukritzenecha. We say in Alanisim that the malchus, the regime of yavon, of the Syrian Greeks, wanted to accomplish the following goal, to make the Jewish people forget your Torah, and to remove them, to take them away from from the laws of your desire, violating your desire, your Ratzon. So afterwards, when the house of the Chashmanayim prevailed and defeated the Syrian Greeks, so when they were Masakin, how to celebrate this mitzvah, which represents the defeat 
of Malchus Beis Yavon, Lashkichem Teira Sechem, the way they did it is to light the Nechanakim Ismail on the left, Letikun Kavasma, in order to fix what's called the left side, the left line, as he will explain later. And that's why this is a unique mitzvah, where they said you have to put it into the Shusarabim, Levadin after Shusarabim, Tudu de Prudegamke, in order to sublimate, to refine what's called Rishusarabim, the public domain. And the Zayad is an expression, Tudu de Prudah, mountains of fragmentation. Tudu means mountains in, in Aramaic, Prudah is from the word Pirud, Fra- mountains of separation, of, of, of brokenness, of fragmentation. Tudu de Prudah which is how the Zaya defines the inner energy of Rishus HaRabim, is called Tura De Pruda. Rishus HaYachid is a place where there is a sense of oneness. The Pashtus and Halacha, Rishus HaYachid means there's an exclusive owner. It's a place that's for an individual or individuals who all belong to the same house, the same family, the same courtyard. Rishus HaRabim, by definition, is every, it's free for all, right? You go, I go with completely disconnected people. Disjointed. If you put a boss over there, you say there's one master here, that's not a Shusarabim. If it's a Shusarabim, it means a public thoroughfare, nobody can make it their own. It's everybody's, right? And halachically, the Shusarabim, there's so many different halachas because that's the nature of the Shusarabim. What does it mean spiritually? Rishus Hayachid is a Rishus where there's a sense of oneness. There's a balabayas. Rishusarabim is a place where there's a sense of fragmentation, of separation. Everyone is on their own. So because of the nature of what Hanukkah is celebrating, which he's going to explain later, because of the unique nature of the victory of Hanukkah, the way the mitzvah is celebrated is dafka in Rishus and dafka on the left side. This is, as he said, Bekitzara very briefly. To explain all of this, the Pasuk says in Mishlei, Kinei mitzvah v'tayra er v'derech chayim teichachas musr. Mishlei paid a gvav Pasuk of Gimel. Shleimah Melech says, the mitzvah is a flame, is a candle. Torah is light. And toichachas musr, when you inspire somebody to go in the right way, you put them on the path of life. Himshil ha-mitzvahs l'neir, So the mitzvah he compares to neir, neir is a candle, and the Torah he compares to light, which comes from the candle. When you say the word neir, it can mean two things. Aleph, <coughs> It's the menorah, it's the container, the cup or the candelabra that holds the oil and the wick. That's called neir, like we call it a menorah, a candelabra. You need a keli, whether it's a bowl or a cup or a menorah, you put in the oil, you put in the wick, and then you could light the wick. That's called the neir, the keli that holds it up. That's how Rashi Describes Neir, Sham Ahmed Bez, Bedibra Maschal Neiris. Rashi says, Lansash Shalzahov, Shenoistem Lasoich Hashem and Upsila. A lantern, like a menorah of gold, where you place Shem and Upsila. That's how he defines Neir. Habez, another explanation is, Shu Hashem and Vapsila Hamachzekasa'er. It's not the Kaili, it's the oil and wick itself, which also contain the fire. Fire can't live in a vacuum. You need the shemen and the psilla. If you don't have oil or you don't have a wick, you're not going to be able to have the earth. So either nay refers to the keli, like the candelabra that holds it all up, the oil, the wick, and the fire, or it actually refers more specifically to the oil and the wick. 
Ushneim him kavona achas linyan zeh. But Lagabi, what we want to bring out, it's 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 a technical difference, but ultimately it's the same point. The nade is what allows the light, the flame, to endure. The oir is the light which comes from the flame itself. But a flame doesn't live in a vacuum. If you only had a wick, and you light a wick, so what happens? So you have a fire for 30 seconds, maybe for a minute. The wick goes out and there's no fire anymore. So the oir would exist only for a very short time. It also wouldn't be a, a, a refined light, right? When you have a, a wick burning, that's the fire. It's a different type of flame than when it's being fueled by oil. On the other hand, if you only have oil, try lighting oil. It's not flammable. It's not going to work. You have a wick together with the oil, so now you light the wick, and the oil is the fuel, so the oil is both, it's a very fine, it's a very refined flame, and it can last a long time, as much oil as there is. Whether you touch neir is the vessel, or neir is the oil and the wick, the bottom line is, it's what allows the flame to function. You just put shaman without a keli, it's going to be scattered everywhere, it's not going to have... Again, it's not going to be able to last. The psil itself is also not going to be able to last. The flame won't be able to last on it. So if you touch neir, that it's the shemen and the psil, it's obvious that the neir holds up the oir. Without the neir, you can't have oir. You can't have the light which comes from the flame. Even according to the first pshat of Rashi, it's the same idea. It's the keli that holds it up. So now we come back to the pasuk of Shleim Melech says, neir mitzvah v'teirah oir. So the pshat is shekedei sheyir v'teira eiru dafka idei haner mitzvah ubalay neir mitzvah yev shaliyas teira eir. So when he says neir mitzvah v'teira eir, the mitzvah is the neir, the mitzvah is the neir, and teira is the light. So it means mitzvahs compare to the wick, the oil, the menorah, which allows the flame of teira, the light of teira, which is the light, the light itself, the fire itself, to last and endure. Give him credit, because he's called a match, not a nair. <laughs> like the Flintstone. The Flintstone, when it says, Avram Avinu took to the Akedah, Vayikach b'yadoi es ha'esh ves ha'macheles. What did Avram take in his hand? <laughs> Doesn't say nair, he took the esh. Probably Flintstone. What did Avram take in his hand? He took a sa'esh ves ha'macheles. Then he took a sword. What's the esh? He took in his hand fire? He didn't take in his hand fire. I'm saying, what did he take in his hand? He had to go for a few days. He went for a few days. So what did he take in his hand? So he probably took a substance that can make a fire. He didn't take fire in his hand. I don't think that's pshat. Probably the flintstone, whatever he, whatever they used to make fire, we would call it a match. But whatever they used, that's what he took in his hand. To explain all of this, he kol gashma. All of the mitzvahs are are manifested, they're enclosed, meaning they can only happen through physical material, material things. Tzitzis b'tzemegashmi. person can't fulfill the mitzvah of tzitzis without a physical garment. Tzemegashmi, physical wool. Tfilin b'klav gashmi, you can't fulfill the mitzvah of tfilin. If you don't have klav gashmi, physical material parchment that comes from the hide of the animal. 
gashmim. You want to fulfill the mitzvah of lulav, you need the physical produce, the physical tzmachim, the vegetation of the lulav, the palm branch, or the esrig, or the hadas, or thereof. V'chein mezuzah beklav gashmim. You want a mitzvah of mezuzah, again, physical parchment. V'chein kol mitzvahs. If you go through all the mitzvahs, kamay trumas, maisiris, chuli, how you fulfill the mitzvah of truma? You need physical grain, physical fruits, physical vegetables, maisiris, the maisiris that you give, the same thing. You give percentages of physical produce, chuli, etc. Like we learned in many places, many times, the metzius, the reality of physicality, emerges emerges in reality through what's called Hashem's name of Elikim, like it says in Tehillim, Kapitel Lamed Gimel. Many say it Shabbos morning before Baruch Shamar. Those who say the Mizmorim, Bidvar Hashem Shemayim Nasu Veruch the heavens were made, they were built, they were created through Dvar Hashem, through the word, the utterance of Hashem. It says in Zoyar, Malchus Peh, when you speak about Dibur, Bidvar Hashem, the speech, the words of Hashem, in Kabbalah that's associated with a quality known as Malchus. It says in Kehelas, Bidvar Melech Shiltain, a Melech rules through words, through his mouth. <coughs> Excuse me. So Dibur is associated with Malchus, which is associated with Shem Alekim in, in Nister and Kabbalah. That's the name of Alekim. That's why the opening of the Torah is in the beginning, Alekim created If you go through the story of Maisa Bereshis, the story of creation, the first days of creation, the six days of creation, it says 32 times the name Alekim. Thirty-two times Shem Alekim. It doesn't even use the word Yutke, the name Yutke Vavke in the whole story of creation. Only at the end, at the end of the whole story, it says Ela told us Shemayim Varis Beibarim Beyoyim Asoyis Hashem Alekim Eretz V'Shemayim. In Dibur itself, there's something called Amir. There's something called Dibur. But here he's generally talking about the concept of words. Why is it so important, Shem Alekim? Why is the Bria through Shem Alekim? What's the Nekudah? Shayidei Shem Alekim etzamtzim amaylam amastin al Shem Avayim. The function of Shem Alekim is to be metzamtzim, to filter, to uh, limit, and conceal and eclipse the flow of energy that comes from the name called Yutke Vavke. Kumashikasav, the Pasuk says in Tehillim Peidalad, Hashem Alekim is a sun and a shield. So literally it means, the way you would learn the Pasuk is, Hashem Alekim is a sun and a shield. He gives light and he protects. But the Maimetaiches, like the Alter Rebbe often teaches in the Maimarim, it's much deeper than that. What the Muggin is to the Shemesh, Elekim is to Yutke Vavke. Ki Shemesh, O Muggin, Hashem Elekim. Not just using two words and two names. It's very precise. The Shemesh, the sun, has what's called a Muggin. They call it in English a sheath, a sheath, like a, a protector. The Gemara calls it a Nartik. 
an ozone layer perhaps that 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 limits the intensity of the heat of the sun and it allows the planet to survive because the sun has to be in exact position if the sun was closer we would all be you know french toast for breakfast there wouldn't be nobody to eat it and if the sun was further everything could freeze so everything is 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 orchestrated precisely it's one of the ploie habria right the the positioning of the sun vis-a-vis the earth that it should be able to be in a position where why should we live off the sun if the sun went on vacation for a few weeks you know it's bad news <laughs> there's no heat there's no energy obviously there's no growth there's nothing can grow on the other hand it's not so hot that everything would be scorched just like you have summer and winter if you wouldn't have the different seasons of summer and winter if you have summer a whole time the earth wouldn't survive. If you have winter a whole time, the earth wouldn't survive. So it's half live a fella, how the cycles work, in order to be able to make creation happen. So the Shemesh needs a mugain in order that it shouldn't burn up the earth. Huh? Magnetic field. Magen, very good. Magen, magnetic, very good. So the magnetic field allows the light and the energy and the warmth and the heat and the intensity of the sun to be one that benefits the planet and makes us all live and function every single day. That's why we're so thankful for it a few times in the morning. There's a special bracha in the morning right? where you focus very much because you shouldn't take the sun for granted. <laughs> they say in Chelem, there was once a debate, what's more important, the sun or the moon? So they debated for seven days, and the conclusion was that the moon is much more important. Because the sun shines when it's anyway daytime, you don't need it. The moon shines when it's dark, and you, you can't see anything. So the moon is obviously much more important than the sun, right? So when things are so good, you know, you don't need them anymore, because it's, it's, it's so good, right? <laughs> so Bimela, so he says, the, what, what the shmugin is for the shemesh, elikim is for yutke vafke. What's Pshat Alekim is for Yudke Vavke. That Shem Alekim is mitzamtzem, it filters, it shrinks, it, it, it dilutes, it eclipses. The Eid of Yudke Vavke. V'kol kach rabu hatzimtzumem v'asteidem. And the concealments, the layers, the magnetic fields are so powerful. Atshinishavu mitziyiz dvarem gashma. Until through Shem Alekim there could be created the reality of physical things. To the point that when you look at the world, it appears that it's completely on its own. It's completely autonomous. It's a yesh. Yesh means it has its own existence. And it's completely separate from its source. You don't even see necessarily the kayach hapoyel benifl, the creator. This is the accomplishment of Shem Alekim. If there would be no mugen, and the Shemesh would just be expressed in its full intensity, spiritually speaking, Yudke Vavke would be unfiltered. So then, <coughs> first of all, there would not be physicality. It would be clear that it's divine energy. And certainly there wouldn't be a sense of separateness, of, of, of autonomy, of independence, of, of Pirut. But the objective of this creation, which is Yesh, something from nothing, Hamachuvin, Bitul Hashem creates Yesh from Ayin, so that the person should create Ayin from Yesh. What's Pshat? 
The Ramban says when it says the word bara, it means yesh mayayin. What does yesh mayayin mean? It means something from nothing. Now from nothing doesn't mean literally from nothing. It's not from nothing. Hashem made it. But from nothing means that when you look at the yesh, you don't see a source. From the yesh's perspective, where does it come from? I don't know. Ayin, nothing. The yesh doesn't point to a source. You have to contemplate, meditate, debate, think about it. So it's called yesh mayayin. It's like it emerges from where? From nothing. It wasn't here before. It doesn't show that it was here before and it's coming from somewhere. So that's called yesh mayayin. Elikus is called ayin because legabi the world, it doesn't seem like a metzius. It doesn't see it. What's the kavana? That a person should take the yesh and bring it back to ayin. The Rebbe once said, the Ebrishter macht von ruchnis gashmis, und ayid macht von gashmis ruchnis. Right? Creation is basically the evolution from the from energy to matter, and the person takes the matter and brings it back to energy. Ah, huh? yeah. What's that? Bitla yesh lion. Hayesh yeh bottle el hayin. That the yesh becomes aligned with its source. Vuhu ayidei his beinenus. She is beinen begdulas ain't save baruchu. And this begins through his beinenus through contemplation, that the person contemplates in the infinity of Hashem. Echdani Hashem loishanisi. The pasuk says in Malachi, the last Navi says, "I Hashem have not changed." What does it mean loishanisi? Doesn't mean I haven't changed. Only that I'm still around. It means we say in the morning in davening, atahu you are before the world was created. You are after the world was created. So it doesn't only mean in time you were here before and you're here after. Then you wouldn't say the word atahu. Atahu means the same who. The same reality that was there pre-creation is there post-creation. So therefore, the same ayin that was there pre-creation is there post-creation. The same state of reality. But the person needs to reveal it. But this needs an explanation. How can you really say this seriously? There was no change. To say there was no change in terms of creation seems like an absurd thing to say. There's so many different levels and worlds that happen as a result of creation, and it's a change in Gilea Lakus, how godliness is revealed. To so say, I haven't changed. Every world has a different type of Gilea Lakus. Take the four worlds. In Kabbalah and Chsidis, Sifri Machshavah, there's four worlds. Atzilis, Bri They're called Abya. You can't compare one to the other. When you speak about the four worlds, what does it mean? It means it's four different states of consciousness. In Atzillus, you have a revelation of godliness. It says in Zoyer, He and his Oiris and his Kalim, Chayoi are his Oiris, his energies, and Garmoi are his Kalim, like garments. They're one. Bibriya in the second world called Bria, There's no such a revelation of godliness. In Atzillus itself, in Teirus Hanister, there's so many different levels. The Darizal writes, In the sphere of Kesir and Chachma, the Ein Soif shines as though you're shining in a close proximity. 
It's like from in a far place. It doesn't mean physical place. In Kesir and Chachma, there's a tremendous revelation of the divine. It's less revealed. Ubiza is the six mid, it's called Zerampin. It's like through a window. So it's more, more filtered. Ubamalchus, he says, derech nekev, it's like through a, a, a hole. Shu oitzim tzim yoiser. So even in Atzillus itself, every sphere has a different dimension of what's revealed. Ach mikomakim, but generally, Batzillus, derech klal, meir gili elikus. But generally in Atzillus is a place where godliness is revealed. Shenikri gilu yahelem delikus. Atzillus is called a place where Elikus is revealed, it's actualized. It's not even called a world that's created. Bria is already the second world. Atzillus is a, a world that's not even a world that's created, it's just Elikus is concretized, it's revealed through the spheres. Bria is already called, it's a new creation. It doesn't have that same revelation like Atzillus. Yitzira, more concealment. As explained in other places. And in our world where we live, there's a complete concealment, a doubled and redoubled darkness in terms of divine concealment. These are big changes. How do you say there's no change? What, 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 what is he bringing out here? He's... It's the, it's the fundamental question of how you're supposed to understand reality. And this is not just a cosmic philosophical question, it's a very personal question. When Kabbalah speaks about different worlds, it doesn't mean if you take a spaceship and you fly up a hundred billion light years, you'll crash into Yitzira. And then you do another few hundred billion light years, you'll crash into Bria, and then you'll crash into Atzillus. Atzillus, Bria, Yitzira, Siyah, are four dimensions. It's like four different pairs of glasses. <laughs> right? It says, uh, the Alter Rebbe says, when Moshe Rabbeinu was talking to Pada, it was Atzillus talking to Shalosh Tlipas Atmeis. It's a way of looking at the world. Atzillus is a world in which it's Nirgish Einoid Molvada. Bria is already a lower state of consciousness. Yitzid is a lower state of consciousness. And then you have the consciousness of Asiyah. In Asiya itself, every person has a different state of consciousness. You can compare the consciousness of a squirrel to the consciousness of an elephant, to the consciousness of a person, <coughs> to the consciousness of a neshama, to the consciousness of a malach. But in each world itself, you have endless states of how you see, how you perceive reality. But the bottom line is, however you spin it, to say, Nisi, Ani Hashem Nisi. What was pre-creation is post-creation. In the sense that there's complete oneness. Einoid <laughs> Mulvadai. What do you mean? Bria changed everything. You have different worlds and different realities and different perspectives. You could say Hashem still exists, I understand. But to say that the same Achtus of pre-Bria is also post-Bria, that the person could live in that state of oneness post-Bria, which planet you're living in? You have to give in. Someone has to give in. Either you say that there is a shinui. <laughs> There's a lot of shinuyim. It's a whole different reality. Or you say that the world is not real. Ah, huh? Yeah. There was a tzimtzum, there was shinui. So what's, what, what, what's this Havana of Ani Hashem Loi Shanisi? In other words, 
which, which side are you going to take, right? If you say all the changes are fake, <laughs> so then say the case, there's no world. You want to say there's no world, there's no world. So that also doesn't work. So we say, It's all fantasy, it's all in your own perception. So then everything is futile. You say there is a world, there are people, there is a Metzius of Asiyah, there is a Metzius of Bri, and you'd say that, ah? A real hologram. <laughs> a real hologram. So then, there's a metzius. And every metzius is different. Every person's perception is different. When you say, You could learn two ways. One way you could learn is, Hashem says, don't think that because the world was created, I'm gone. But that's not a chiddush. Why would you think that because the world was created, Right? Hashem is, uh, he disappeared. So that's why the Mekobolim learned, Ani Hashem Leishanisi means that there was no Shinui at all as a result of the Bria. And that's what we say in Davening, Atuhu Kaidim Shinivra'ilam, Atuhu La'acha Shinivra'ilam. That the same state of oneness that existed pre creation, the same state of Ain Soif, Atuhu, you're still the Zelbahu. <laughs> the same Hashem Echad pre Bria is post Bria. He says that you want we should deny all of our reality so we could say there's no Helim, there's no Asiyah, there's no Yitzhida, there's no Atsilas. So what what one of the two things you have to say. Either you're denying the reality, you know. There were there are those who wanted to say that you know the whole world is an illusion, it's a khalam shakhalma achedim alakhedim. It's a dimyan, it doesn't exist. And the perception of ego is the biggest perception is the worst perception in the world. And uh and, uh, you know, death is the death of ego, and you go back to oneness. But the Hashkaf of Yiddishkeit is not like that. First of all, that itself, that it's a dream, is also a Metzius. <laughs> perception, as we know, is reality, right? What is reality if not perception? All of reality is perception. So it's just the question is how many levels of perception you have. But Bechlal, So So one of the two has to give. Either you say, of course there's a big change and uh, creation happened and it's not the same thing. Yeah, there's no achtos anymore. You know, Hashem is Hashem, like you say, Hashem is a, is that the pshat? Or you deny the reality of the world. One of the two has to give l'chayr. Either you deny the achdus, you can't say loishanisi, or you have to deny our reality. <laughs> One of the two has to give. Could you say that it's not that way? Can you say somehow that there's Atzillas, there's Briya, there's Yitzira, there's Asiya, and each one has its own uniqueness. And still, This is not a question in in philosophy. Far from it. It's the real question. We spoke a little bit about this in the previous Maimon. Talking about the Svidas, the Ramak, the Arizal, the Balshemtev, the Rambam, the Rasag. It's the real Shaila. <coughs> and he's going to develop it in a very profound way, but it's the real Shaila here of who the person really is, what the world really is, and how deep is the connection between the person and Ain Saif. And if that connection can truly infuse the individual identity of the human being or not. In other words, does our relationship with infinity, with Ein Saif, mean ultimately that we have to say goodbye to individuality or not? 
Does Yiddishkeit ultimately want the person to transcend? I go out of myself. I go out of the world. And the more you say goodbye to the self, the more you can embrace the truth. Right? Is that really how it is? And the deeper you go away from that, from the self, from the tzimtzum, from the sense of self, from the self-individuation, the more you can touch the Ein Soif. Or maybe not. But L'Chayre, to have both, is a contradiction. Either it's infinity, pre-creation, there was no world, and now there is a world. So either you deny the world, and you say it doesn't exist, or you say it does exist, and it's not the same level of achtos. You just can't. There is a gulf, there is a separation. And even the finest pair of glasses, which is Eilam Hatzilis, is still called the world. It's still called the world. And the question then is, what is the ultimate message of Yiddishkeit? So when he says, the world was created yesh me'ayin, and the kavonah is should be bitla yesh la'ayin, what does that really mean? <laughs> yesh comes from ayin, so the yesh should go back to ayin. So then what do you need a yesh for? So you want to just go back to square one, so don't make it. You make it, so we should just go back. So there has to be a psachidish here. What's the Chiddush of B'riyasayim? And in Avoida, the question also is, and in Avoida, the question is, how much does infinity, Ein Soif, connect with the Pratim of the Briya, with the Pratim of a person, with the, with the individual character and identity of the person? Or maybe not. Right, okay. But So this Maimon wants to explore that. That the either-or is a false dichotomy. It's a dichotomy, but in order to explain it, you first have to identify the dichotomy. If you don't, if you bypass the dichotomy, then you understand. You need If you don't highlight the contradiction, you're not getting to the reconciliation, right? It's a very important idea because. If the reconciliation doesn't work through the contradiction, you're not working through the contradiction. You're just like, you're bypassing. So you first have to identify, that's why he identifies. What is it? Is it, The same achdus, pre-bri is now also. So, 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 so the whole bri is illegitimate, so it's not real, so the oilam is, it's just, it's just a dimyin, it's just a chalim. First of all, that itself is a reality. Is that is none of that real? Is none of that? Yeah. Or it is real, and yeah, relax on the achdus, relax on the radical, uh, radical imminence of God. One of the main yisoidus of Teres Abal Shem Tev was this nekuda that the achdus with Ein Soif pre Bria and after Bria is is could be could be the same. In other words, that the Briyas HaOlam was not a compromise of Achdus Hashem. On the contrary, that the ultimate, ultimate unity between Hashem and the person can be experienced and achieved and internalized within the world and within the creation. But there seems to be a very big paradox here. Because, as I said, logically one has to give. Either you cut from this side or you cut from that side. But you can't have it both. Either he exists or he exists. Very simply. Yeah. This is the Shnei Ksuvah Makrishim Zeh Zeh. 
the shakes from Makhrishim Zaza. And it translates in Avaidas Hashem constantly. Avaidas Hashem is the focus, escape, ultimately, as much as you can, disengage, disengage from the world, disengage from the self, because the self is the ego, and that's yeshus, and that's separate. Even in terms of emotions, could you really experience all of your emotions? And have a real relationship with Hashem. No, a real relationship with Hashem means, on the contrary, you somewhat disengage from the self because you want to connect to that which is completely beyond me. Or you say, no, I have to be me. <laughs> I have to be me. So me is me. So then I have to say, I'm sorry, it's not on the Hashem lotion, you see. I'm not, I'm not part of the equation. Who runs the equation now? Can't say, Hashem There's absolutely, of course, there's a change. I'm not going to delegitimize my existence. This tension in Judaism is a very, very real tension that people have, right? I know you're all looking at me like does any of it doesn't make sense what I'm saying, right? But we're talking about in a person's experience. It's not just a philosophical question. In a person's experience. Can we become one? Can we really become one, right, with my I present in that oneness? Or or not? Good question. That's multiplicity. That's his question. So say this multiplicity. Don't tell me Ani Hashem Loishanisi. Say yeah. Before creation there was oneness infinity, and now there's not. I get it. Is that the case? Is that the case? In fact, there's a, the streams of Yiddishkeit that do that. The streams of Yiddishkeit that do that. Like, relax. Achtos Hashem means, Hashem is one, yeah. But there's, there's, a, there's a certain, uh, yesh mechitza. There's a mechitza. That's not really believing in the Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's not, it's not. There's a stream in Yiddishkeit like this. There's a certain element where there's I, and you serve Hashem, and you do, t- I'm talking about... G'dayli Yisrael, not... There's Torah, there's mitzvahs, there's schar, there's Eilam Haba, there's Eilam Haza, right? To say that there's mamish, the achtos of Einoid Mulvadoi, that the ganze matches a lakos? Huh? It's connected to the machlokos of Tzimtzum Kipshuta. You just said the Barshadu was machadish, that there is no... The Barshadu was a machadish, the Barshadu was megala. Moshe wasn't mechad, he was megala, he emphasized, he brought out. But like everything in Yiddishkeit, there's different streams of consciousness. You see, how do you, how do you relate to a person's identity? Are people's emotions, individuality celebrated, or it's more like, you know, you know in the amusement parks when those things pop up and you got to shoot it down, boom, 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 something else pops up, right? So, you know, when people's pop up, boom, 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 and if you could get them all down, now you go to Eilam Haba. <laughs> In other words, in terms of the ego, it's 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 a fundamental question. And the whole Elam Haza, how you look at Elam Haza, is it ultimately a dirty place, a filthy place, a bad place? So you need it for the nesioyness in order to be deserving of the Elam Haba or not? It has a lot of ramifications. How you look at Gashmias, how you look at the physical world, how you look at your own emotions, how you look at your own dark parts. He says here Elam Haza is a What does that mean? Doesn't only mean politically. Not only talking about the State Department and the UN. <laughs> that too. <laughs> That's also a dark place. 
I once heard from Bibi Netanyahu that he was by the Lubavitcher Rebbe when he became the ambassador of Israel in the UN. So the Rebbe told him, I heard that you were appointed to be an ambassador in the house of lies. <laughs> so, so I want to tell you that your function is that every day you should light a candle of truth in the house of lies. <laughs> every day you should light a candle of truth in the house of lies. But the house of lies is not just the United Nations. The only thing they're united about is condemning Israel. They can't unite about anything else. Right? Israel, Baruch Hashem, makes them united. Thank God they're united about one thing. But the house of lies is in a person. How do I relate to my own darkness? Do you say your darkness is not real? But I'm experiencing something. What's the ultimate relationship between the Ein Soif and the world? And the world is not just the world, but my world, our world. How much are they connected? To make a statement, Ani Hashem is the same Achdus Hashem pre-creation as post-creation, without any separateness. Whoa, that's that's <laughs> what what philosophers what what historians like calling the radical imminence of the Hasidic movement. <laughs> the radical imminence. You toifus what I'm saying, or not really? Okay. So this is what this mimer comes to, 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 not just to explain, but to bring down. To bring down what does this mean, and what it means in terms of a person really relating to this. Because just what it means in an abstract way, so we're back to square one. In, in terms of a person living with it, in terms of a person, in terms of a person relating to it, yeah, it relates to the whole question of tzimtzum. Obviously, it relates to that whole question: how you understand the tzimtzum. <laughs> shema lekim, the shema lekim and the shema vaya. Shema lekim is the midas tzimtzum. How you understand that whole union? Tzimtzum is the space that was created for the world, for there for there to be a world. For there to be Atzillus, and then Bria, and then Yitzid, and then Asiyah. What does Amuna, it's a question also what Amuna means. Somebody asked me the other day, last night, in the middle of the night, I got a text, a Bakr. So he went through something hard in his life. So he told me that he's getting angry at himself because he feels so much pain from what happened. And it means he doesn't have Amuna. Because if he'd have Amuna, he wouldn't have all this pain. You know, how is he touching a Muna? If you really have a Muna, you don't have pain. Because Hashem is good, Hashem did it, so he should be smiling. Chayav Adam Levarach. Why are you laughing? Huh? Because I, I, I don't... You don't buy that. <laughs> Why not? There was certain. So, 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 so let me let me articulate. Yeah. Pain is the human experience, right? So does a muna mean that you don't have that experience? And if you do have that experience, you feel now not only do you have pain, now you have anxiety that you have pain. <laughs> so now the pain creates a new pain. Not enough that you have the original pain. Now you have a new pain that you have pain. But this is really connected in, in, in a very simple way, but in a very deep way. It's connected to the real question. Does divine oneness 
mean that you don't have human emotion. Because you have divine emotion. So the person Tako has that, you know, that Malach Halakim, what do they say? They say about the Belzeruv, Rabbi Aden, yeah, he said that he didn't have a bad day in his life. This is after the Holocaust. The Bzusha, there's Maises about Sadikim. The Bzusha, the Magid once sent somebody to the Bzusha to find out how you could be thankful for negative things. So he said, you probably didn't hear right. He probably sent you to somebody else because I never had anything bad happen to me. So he understood why the Magad sent him. What's the mitzvah of tefillah? That if you have a need, you have to daven for it. What do you you have a need? <laughs> if you have a need, there's a mitzvah to daven for it. When you have a need? But the truth is that you have to know where a person is. If a person has a need, say, if I would be in Atzillus, I wouldn't have this need. Okay. <laughs> I have that need. So does a muna mean that I, I'm not having that pain? That's not a muna. Over here you cut off, you cut off, you create a cut between Hashem and the person. It means this is also part of this is also part of the oneness. I don't have to run away from my emotions. But it's not so easy to to what is there a gvul here? <laughs> and doesn't the pain mean I'm feeling separate? And I'm feeling alone. Th- these are the things that we're, p- we're touching on when you're talking about in terms of avoid, in terms of a person's life. This is the, the, the question of what it really means, achtus Hashem, post-creation like pre-creation. What does it mean that the oneness, the infinity of Ein Soif hasn't been compromised at all when there's Atzillus, Briya, Yitzir, Asiya, a world with people and a Chosha, Kafal, and Chupal, where there's so much concealment to the point that in this world you don't even have to say there's a Creator. And then you say, really? Is this, is this fictional words? Is it abstract words? Sometimes people quote these things from the Balsham So it's more like Ayid has a munapshuta, that is. But it's abstract. How do you really integrate it? Can you live with it? Can you live with it in, in real life? That's what the Balatanya wanted so much. It should be integrated into Kalim. It shouldn't just be, Ayid has a munapshuta, Einoid Movada. Yeah, and he knows Einoid Movada. But to really integrate it emotionally, psychologically, scientifically, spiritually, internally, into a person's, so to speak, kishkes. <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's the dilemma. Okay, Be'ez Hashem will continue tomorrow morning, 7.45. I want to thank Rabbi Isaac for the copies. And uh, also tomorrow, 9.30, there'll be a class for women in this room. You could tell your wives or daughters. Everybody have a beautiful day. and This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.